Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello. Welcome to Intellicast. Uh, joining me today for now is Brian Peterson. Hello, Brian. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. Is this going to be your new thing, saying I might be here, I might not be? Like, you have a secret for me or something? I don't know. It's two episodes in a row. I think I've said it unintentionally, just because we know we have a big pack, action-packed episode. We do. <laughs> um, this is a collection of multiple interviews that we conducted both during and after the Great Lakes Chapter Fall Conference, of the Great Lakes Chapter of the Inside Association Fall Conference, which was in Covington, Kentucky, um, which is in the Cincinnati region right across the river. And so I think this will be informative. We, we probably went, we did a lot of the interviews because we were presenting there and we're on the board there. And it was our first conference that we had been to in a, over a year and a half. So we kind of went all out. We brought a lot of people there and talked about it a lot. And we have people that have worked here for almost two years and had never been to a conference or understood even what a conference was. Right. Yeah. I think that was the bigger thing is that it was literally the first in-person one that any of us had had the opportunity to go to other than Mary, who went to SampleCon. Yeah. So it was kind of a, oh, how do we do this again? Yeah. And so you'll hear a lot about um, someone's first time in a conference, a lot about what it was like uh, being there. You'll hear from um, other people as well. I think it's a really good episode, so I really hope you enjoy it. And um, thanks for listening, as always, and enjoy the information about the Great Lakes Chapter Insight Association. Thank you, everybody. Joining me now, I'm really happy to have on the podcast, I think it's both of your first time, is Gabrielle Blados. She is an assistant director of business development here at EMI. Hello, Gabby. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. And also, I can't believe this is your first time. I think it's your first time. Beth Tehan, she is our chief operating officer at EMI. Hi, Beth. Hello, and it's my first time because you all have dissed me up until now. (laughs) (laughs) We've been waiting for like a special episode to bring both of you on. And, you know, it's only been nearly two years for both of you. So we haven't figured out the special episode yet, but today is the day. Today is the special day. Yeah. So we're doing a series on the Great Lakes chapter of the Insights Association. We recently had a conference and Beth and Gabby were both attendees. So I'm kind of excited to to hear from their perspective, what they thought about it. And maybe we can start off with Gabby. So maybe a little background of yourself, Gabby, that you're kind of newer to the industry, just some quick high level background. Yeah, some quick highlights. I am very fresh into the industry. I think I started at EMI December of 2019, so just getting close to that two-year mark, but but kind of rounding out that year and a half um, before just kind of graduated from college. I went to Clemson University, played volleyball there, so I'm super excited to 
finally start diving into the more professional world. Um, getting out of sports is a little bit different, but um, landed here at EMI and have been absolutely loving it ever since. Well, that's good to hear because we all love you. Um, and this is really interesting. You started at EMI, like you mentioned, at the end of 2019. And mm-hmm. three months later, your world was disrupted just like everyone else. Um, you're in business development. You didn't get the typical kind of business development onboarding where, you know, you get to go visit clients and you get to go to a bunch of conferences and you get to meet lots of people at happy hours. You you kind of got stifled there, right? Yeah, absolutely. This was my first time actually getting that real world experience uh, for what seemed like the majority of my training in that first year of being in the industry. Everything's been remote. So a lot of, you know, Microsoft Teams meetings, some crazy Zoom meetings and things like that. But this was my first experience actually getting into the world and connecting with people face to face. Yeah, I'd love to hear maybe your perspective on that. This was a pretty small conference. I don't think it was typical of the research industry. It might be typical of like some regional insights association conference, but you know, it was half hour away from our houses. Uh, but yeah, it was your first one. I'd love to maybe hear some high level what you thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was really cool, especially I think having it be a smaller size conference. Um, was probably a cooler experience for me than what I was expecting, Um, just because I feel like I really got to connect with the other people that were there and getting to know them more on a personal level and diving into hobbies and getting to know about families and things like that, rather than just kind of a a quick, hey, nice to meet you. What company do you work for? Oh, that's awesome. Here's who I work for. It seems like a more personal touch, um, which I really enjoyed getting that experience. Yeah, I, I love the small talk. Like when you were there early both days, despite you had a pretty decent commute. So I was impressed with that. You were there by like 8 a.m. both days. And over breakfast, you know, there's an hour until there's a speaker. You can just kind of hang out and talk to people, talk about last night, talk about whatever. And to me, those are the more valuable moments when, you know, you're not talking business. You're really just trying to build those personal relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously the speakers were great um, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later, but yeah, that breakfast hour, almost like a a mini morning happy hour. I mean, what's more exciting than doing and talking about uh, marketing research at eight o'clock in the morning? There's not much I'd rather else be doing, Um, but it was really cool connecting, getting to learn, you know, other people's experiences, talking about, you know, other people who have daughters and sons who are in college athletics, getting connect, getting being able to connect with them on that level and talking through our shared experiences was just a really neat overall thing that I wasn't super expecting to get from this conference was, but it was a very happy surprise. Yeah, that's great. And like, I I don't remember if we talked about this in the podcast or off the air and Beth, I'll bring you in too. But like, I thought it was interesting that it was a pretty common theme and this will kind of get itself into Beth's topic as well is that everybody was kind of in the same boat around I didn't know what to wear. I haven't, this is the first time I've worn these shoes in two years. Oh my gosh, I don't have business cards. Like we were all kind of in this weird world of like, we didn't know how to kind of act around each other or what it was like. And there was all these kind of new rules being maybe made, right? Yeah. And to add to that, the, uh, the GLC added little dots to our name tags, which I found fascinating. And uh, the red is I prefer not to be touched, keep six feet away. Um, yellow was, yeah, well, let's high five or fist bump. And green was, I'm a hugger. And I found myself looking for those dots. <laughs> My natural inclination would be to hug, especially because I was able to see people I had not seen in a very long time. 
but uh, that was very helpful to see the dots on the new tags. So yeah, we were all figuring it out. Yeah, a lot of figuring out. I, th- I thought the you know it was a really good idea to have those dots, but I felt like they were a little small. So by the time you got to their name tag and you knew what color it was, it was kind of too late, right? <laughs> it was like, well, I'm within three feet of you now, so we're hugging whether you like it or not, almost. Or you're doing that little awkward dance of, oh, the name tag's flipped over. I don't know what color dot you have. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So true. So true. Right. And then, Beth, I wanted to bring you in. Um, you were actually on a panel, and the name of the panel was You're No Longer on Mute, Tips for a New Way of Working Beyond Zoom. Um, maybe talk high level about what kind of your experience was. Sure. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, it, I, I found out that EMI is in a little bit of a different position in terms of uh, the hybrid work model than some of the other companies. But the panel itself, I, I think I was walked into a concern that maybe the topic was old, that people had sort of figured it out, been there, done that, and that we wouldn't get a lot of interest. But I was completely wrong, actually. Um, we are definitely much further along in terms of thinking through the challenges and working through the challenges of being back in the office on some period. And so we had a lot to offer on the panel, a lot of good things that we have learned along the way. And it was interesting to hear how companies who haven't been back in the office in 18 months were thinking about that venture back in and what was on their mind and what they're experiencing having a complete remote workforce 18 months into a COVID situation. So it was really good. Yeah, and you were on the panel with uh, Vashti Chapman, um, Megan Tuman, um, Sanjay Vrudula, I probably mispronounced that. I'm sorry, Sanjay. And Jason Monahan was kind of the moderator. Um, I, I agree. I thought it was a great panel. And I, I know we had talked beforehand about how, you know, what's the insight here? What are we going to talk about? You know, it's old news. And I was really surprised, too, that no one had really figured it out. Companies were all over the board with their progress they've made, where they're at. Some have not gone back to the office at all. There was one company that's still kind of mandatory to go back in the office, and we were a little bit in the middle. And I was really surprised. And it was kind of the first broad discussion that I've seen around this topic. And yeah, it was very insightful for me. And the panel turned out to be a pretty diverse group with a lot of different perspectives. And I'm sure that was planned out, right, Brian? That was that was the intent. Yes. But we got out, you know, we had a, a data collection company who have challenges with a, a workforce that had all been in buildings next to one another, collecting data on the telephone, and now they're all working remote and trying to go through all of the technology challenges, challenges, the quality challenges. Um, had one perspective. We had someone who's in HR and whose job it was to help figure this out as a company, and being an engine and director of talent and HR, she had a very unique perspective, very buttoned up approach to DNI and and back back to the workplace. But the one I found most fascinating was Megan from Doris because they do workplace research. So she was actually able to share some real data on some of the research that they've conducted on on workspaces. So it was just a really good diverse group. You mentioned that that's funny because I don't know if you knew this, um, but this was originally supposed to be a webinar through the Insights Association and we couldn't figure out on the calendar, how to have all these events. We we have such a big chapter that we tried to have a lot of events back to back to back. And we thought we'd just roll this into the main conference. So it was 90 minute panel. 
um, including a breakout session. I really love the breakout session. Um, we divided up in four groups and just kind of chatted, and you all had some prepared questions, but I really liked the breakouts as well. That was my favorite part because I stopped talking and I got to hear what other people were, <laughs> were experiencing, and it gave me a chance to dig a little bit deeper into um, some of the insight. One of the things that I found really, really interesting is one of the companies who had not been back in 18 months was prepared to go back a couple of months ago before the resurgence of COVID. And his point was, I've got people in two different camps that report to me, and they're all in a remote environment. We were so good about checking in with these people in the first six months of COVID. It was kind of the remit. Everybody checked in emotionally, how you're doing, how's your workspace, but that's kind of worn off. And now he has people in two camps, one camp that is so afraid to ever go back into the, to the office. They just can't fathom that. And another camp of people who just really need to get back in the office. Like they, they thrive on that culture and that social interaction. And he's, he's having a hard time managing those two different diverse groups. So that's the kind of thing you learn when you're in breakout sessions and you can do one-on-ones with people. It's really fun. Well, maybe I'll have a follow-up question then because I agree and that we've done a really good job at EMI and on this topic, and it's really challenging. And you weren't prepared for this question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what would you say is the, the primary things that we've done over the past year and a half to kind of make sure that we've been successful to ease the burden on employees? Do you have any like couple things that we did that, from your perspective that were really successful? I can certainly come up with a dozen, but I'd like Gabby <laughs> to fill in on that. Too. She'll probably have a perspective on that. You know, I think early on we did what every company did. You did the happy hours. You did things that brought social interaction. Um, you know, I loved all the pictures that you'd see on LinkedIn where you have all the boxes and faces mm-hmm. together in some sort of a social setting. That was fun. And I think that allowed you to connect with people on a personal level, which is what you miss when you're not in the office. So I thought that was really good. But I think we evolved to the point where we were um, making the office available to those people who really needed it and wanted it. And I think that's a miss on some of the other companies' part. You know, we spread our desk all around, we numbered things, we came up with a calendar. And we said, if you really have a need or desire to be in the office, you need that workspace, you need that place for for privacy, let us know. We'll make sure you're safe there. Um, And that allowed some people who just, you know, some people don't have a good work environment at home. They can't get that private time to do the concentration. And so I thought that really helped as well. Um, And being in the hybrid model, the flexibility that we're offering seems to be really popular with people. So one day a week, you're there with your team. It's a sales day. It's a, it's a research management day, whatever the case may be. And the second day is yours to choose. So you can work it out with your personal life, what works for you. And we've gone to core hours to allow people flexibility in the mornings and the afternoons to um, have their personal life, whether it be getting kids on and off the bus or whether it be attending classes, whatever works for them to get that work-life balance. So those are some of the things that I can think of. Gabby, I'm sure you've got a few, right? Yeah. I mean, I think to reiterate everything you said, I know this is a tricky subject. I don't know that anyone's ever going to get this perfect. I don't think anyone's ever going to do it 100% right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think from the start, EMI had a pretty cool take to where you guys really listened and cared to what all of the employees wanted. We did a couple um, employee surveys, surveys to find out what people liked. Are you more productive at home? Would you prefer an office environment? If we're in an office, how many people do you want around you? Um, Really trying to cover our bases there and figure out what's going to be beneficial 
to the team because at the end, we're all working to, to achieve that one final goal. And as long as we're aligned on what everyone needs individually, I think we're going to come together as a team and really exceed and shine. Um, I think from the start, especially, you know, with me being one of the newer members of the EMI team, um, and we also onboarded a few people during the COVID times too, mm -hmm. um, a couple people that were going to be fully remote. Um, so that was a new kind of challenge and, and twist to how things have been run before. But um, I also really enjoyed how we set up that training with those new employees, having those shadow sessions where you could really kind of take that first 30 minutes of that shadowing session, um, just kind of plugging away at your work, you know, explaining what we do and how we do things, but really getting to know those team members, um, establishing those personal relationships to, to build that level of trust, I thought was really unique and a cool experience. And I'm so glad you brought up the survey, Brian. I should have brought that up because that was really important that we didn't have the answers. And we knew that as an executive team. So asking our teams, doing a quantitative survey with qualitative follow-up to get more information to try to figure out what people were feeling and thinking so we could come to the point where we felt comfortable going to a hybrid model and, and saying it's going to be fluid. We tried it for a month and then we did the survey. Yeah. And so we're always still listening and trying to improve upon the experience that people have. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's both of you all. That was awesome. And I'll, I'm going to add one more thing is that I felt like we had really strong leadership in discussing this. And Beth, you know this, that we discussed this constantly. Uh, you talk about research. It was constant feedback from everyone in the company, but also at the executive team level, we talked about it a lot. We had tough conversations. We had disagreements um, many times, right? I'm sure many companies are going through that as well. But at the end of the day, we kind of aligned on it. And that's one thing I'm really proud of with our team is that we really aligned and we still are aligned on how to handle this. That might change tomorrow with how we handle it, like with most companies and what's going on. But I'm really proud of our team, actually. Yeah, I think most people would be surprised how much we delib deliberated and debated the issue at the EC level. It was really important for us to do it the very best way that we could. And we knew it wasn't going to be perfect. And we all wanted it to be perfect, but we knew it wouldn't be. So, yeah, we spent a great deal of time throwing out issues and debating and, and trying to get to alignment. Yeah. And I can quickly add here too, like I think it's still fluid because we took mm -hmm. those surveys and we came up with this, you know, hybrid policy, but we're still providing our feedback and what's working, what's yeah. not working. I think yeah. this is going to fully evolve as time, time goes on. Um, and at least from my perspective, it's really nice having the support of our EC team here at EMI because like they genuinely really take the feedback that we're giving and want to make the best policy for all of us. Continues to be one of the goals that I have on mm -hmm. our company goals. So we review our goals each week <laughs> on our progress. And this is just an open agenda item is to keep revisiting how our, our hybrid model is working and, and what we need to change. So yeah, it's important. Well, that was awesome. You were awesome on the panel, Beth. And I thought that was really valuable, I think. Um, so we appreciate that. Any last thoughts on the conference? Any good speakers? Any content you liked? Any funny people you met? Anything else you'd like to mention? I will give you a funny anecdote. Um, <laughs> I, first off, I did not get an opportunity to be at the entire conference. I had a vacation day planned ahead on that Friday, so I missed it. But I realized when I got there that I knew a lot more people than I thought I would because I haven't gone to conferences in several years, but I knew a lot of people. But the last time I spoke at a GLC event prior to this panel, we were in Cancun. I know, right? So I'm looking around the room. We were cold. It was freezing in there. 
and I did not see a beach. So I was a little disappointed <laughs> by that. So the next GLC event that's in a warm climate, Brian, just, you know, let me know and I'll be there. Well, I might have insight into that. And look how far your career has progressed, Beth. Started off in <laughs> Kansas. Kentucky. Beautiful Covington, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, that, it was um, a really good conference. There's a lot was, of great And Gabby, any thoughts? Yeah, I just think now going into any other conference, I'm a, I'm a little spoiled. Um, I really got to connect and meet a whole bunch of great people. Um, and it was just super exciting to finally experience a conference for what that's really like. I've, you know, heard all the stories and how fun mm -hmm. they could be, but getting to jump in, you know, Feet first was super exciting. And Brian, I think we've talked about this, but Gabby was, you know, right up there in front every day. So yeah. when I'm in my panel, I'm looking out. Gabby's sitting up straight. She's got her pen and her paper. And she's so engaged yep. and nodding and smiling. It was wonderful to see that. So thank you, Gabby, for that kind of engagement. It helps a lot, really. It helps the speakers too to see that kind of interest. So. Yep, that's something I always preach is that. I've been on stage before, and sometimes it's not easy, especially when people in the audience aren't engaged. So I always try to make a point to make eye contact, be present, be engaged. Gabby just has that intrinsic in her. She didn't need to be told that. She just That's just natural for her. It's true. I should come on this podcast more often. <laughs> one more speaker. And one thing I love about the regional conferences are the local topics. And we had Braxton Brewery, the owner. His name is Jake Rouse. Oh and the Braxton Brewery is a local craft beer, if you're not aware of it. And it's very popular. It was right outside of the conference. So you could actually go over there if you wanted to have a beverage. And I just thought it was really cool, his story. And he and his brother started the company when they were 24 and 22 years old. But they, they used such like grounded research and business principles to grow the company and grow the brand. It was really impressive to hear him tell that story. He was so real. Like he really yeah. shared the trials and, uh, you know, was very honest and transparent about some of the things that they debated and how they got to where they are and how it's still kind of challenging with COVID and, mm -hmm. you know, worrying about what's going to happen next. I really enjoyed that. He was great. All right. Well, Beth, Gabby, you're now get a free t-shirt for being on the podcast. Thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> your first timers hopefully we'll be back on again soon and thank you all for joining appreciate it when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining me now is Lindsay Moore. I'm excited to have her as our first guest this morning. How are you? I am doing great. Thank Good morning. You. Um, so for our listeners, maybe tell us who you are, who you work for. Sure, sure. So I'm Lindsay Bachmore. I am the Director of Research and Insights at Moore Research Services. Um, we're a full-service market research company based in Erie, Pennsylvania. We conduct qual-and-quant research all over the country and all over the world. I am also the president-elect for the Great Lakes chapter. Board oh, interesting. Of <laughs> yes, yeah. And we're sitting here at a conference, and you are a big part of this conference, and you have been in the past. Um, are you excited to be here? Tell us about kind of being in person. Yeah, so very excited to be here. It's been a long and interesting year of lots of virtual events and webinars and 
So our board really put together a nice conference for everyone to come gather safely and kind of looking forward to getting things kicked off today. Awesome. And also, so are there any speakers here that you're excited about? Any content that you're especially like excited to hear? Yeah, so um, the, our lineup of speakers is fantastic. Really, really excited. We have a nice mix of, you know, some client side and some vendor side. Our uh, GLC Diversity and Education Committee has put on a panel. Um, so the panel will consist of four industry professionals who will talk about kind of what the working world's going to look like now that Zoom, you know, we've been so used to meeting over Zoom and all those different platforms and how is the working world going to look when people are working from home, some are working in the office. Um, so kind of just working, you know, in hybrid models and talking about the implications of that through a diversity lens. Yeah, I was on a prep call for that one and our COO was on that panel, Beth Tehan, mm -hmm. and she was saying, I'm not sure what to say because I think we figured it out. And like lots of companies have not figured this out, exactly. especially more urban like some of smaller companies have figured out, larger companies have more challenges. So yeah, I think that's going to be a great topic. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing about the panel. You know, some are kind of further in the process, like they've figured out a method that works for them and their team, while others are still kind of navigating and they've learned so much throughout the, the process of figuring out what's the best way for people to work. How do you, you know, make those introverted people feel included? How yep. do you, you know, all sorts of different angles. Of and you mentioned diversity of education in... Um, I know you're heavily involved in the GLC. I feel like you're on every committee. <laughs> um, and I tried to be in every committee, and it was just overwhelming to me. So can you tell me about your, your role in the GLC and how you got involved and sure. what you enjoy about it? Yeah, sure. So um, I started a few years ago, and they really kind of threw me right <laughs> into things. So yeah. I started off on um, the programming end of things, which I think was the best way to learn about our chapter in general and meet our members. Um, so I started off with programming, and then um, now, you know, I'm president-elect, but also involved with our diversity and education committee, um, which is involved with a lot of the universities in our region and getting students involved in research and interested in it, in it and also providing mentorship. Awesome. If people want to reach out to you, if they have any questions about research, how, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. So um, they can get a hold of me. My email is lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at more-research.com. Um, again, yeah, I work at More Research, and you know, we can Google our company and find me that way. Well, thanks for joining. You do so much for the GLC. Um, I can't even say how happy I'm working with you because you're just so involved, so detail-oriented. I can't even imagine it makes probably a good researcher. There's always good qualities as a researcher. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for joining. Thank you. Appreciate it. Joining me now is Deb Arnold. Hello, Deb. How are you? Good, Brian. I'm so happy to see your face <laughs> I know. in person. This is crazy. It's been a while since we had the Chinese buffet lunch three weeks ago. <laughs> three where I convinced you the reason you're here is that you just spoke at our GLC conference. How did it go from your perspective? From my perspective, people were engaged. So that yeah. was exciting because, you know, I was using this as a, a test to see if the subject would really resonate yeah. with people in our industry because it's challenging, right? Yeah. So I was trying not to make, make sure not to piss everybody off. <laughs> so what... What was your topic, if you don't mind telling? I was there, so I know the topic, but I'd like you to describe it maybe better than I can. So it's all about bringing consumer clarity, so complete consumer clarity to our clients. So it's not just, it's moving away from speed to data 
to speed to insight? And how do we enable our clients and the people that we work with to really bring out what consumers really want? Yeah. And, and where do you work and what's your role? So I work for Catalyx. <laughs> yeah. We're going backwards. I, I do this. We're just going backwards. I, that's fine. So I do this for a living. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I work for Catalyx. We're a um, insight company actually based in Geneva. Okay. So we have offices all over the world, including Cincinnati, Chicago, London, Bulgaria, you know, where everybody lives. Yeah. So cool. One thing that I liked about your presentation, I just put it together a few minutes ago, is that I feel like this was kind of the question I asked you, was you're kind of disrupting almost the model of how suppliers service their clients. It feels like you're being um, this very prescriptive about how you work with your clients, that we feel like this is the best solution to your business issues. And if you don't want to work with this, that's fine. We're not going to adapt our model. We're going to, we feel this is strong. We have proof of it. Is that fair that you all kind of have a different message, I think, than more traditional research firms? I think so. And, you know, I think when we've struggled a bit because we haven't had what is our distinct point of difference. Because you can't go in and say you're everything to everyone because we don't just do qual. We don't just do quant. What we do is we deliver recommendations and insights based on consumer information. So it's it's really thinking about things differently. It's being yeah. brave and standing up and saying, mm, we don't do that, but here's what we do and here's why we do it. And if you want to work with us, we're here. Yeah. And we know that we're growing and we know that the recommendations that we're providing are really good insights and they're really developing our consumers, our cloud clients business. Wow. That was a good like one minute summary. If people want to reach out to you, if they have questions about how you can help solve other business issues, what can they do? They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Okay. You can email me. It's really simple, deb at thecatalyst.com. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Deb. Thanks. Joining me now is Vignesh Krishnan from Research Defender. Hey, Vignesh. Hey, nice to see you. It's oh, been a while. It's so nice to see you in person. We, um, we know you're an avid listener. Yep. And you're also an avid participant in our um, um, webinars. Yep. Um, I got to experience you asking a question today at the conference. Oh, yeah. I was excited <laughs> in, for that. In real time. Just, in real yes. life, yeah. <laughs> see how your brain works a little bit. But it's, it's really good to see you. Yeah, no, nice to see you too. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be here. I think it's the second conference since essentially la- the beginning of uh, last year. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so it's nice to see, you know, human beings together yes. with, with name tags and so on and so forth. Although yes. I have to admit that I've forgotten a little how to travel. Oh, I know. You know, like they asked me for business cards and, and it took me like, 20 seconds to figure out that, oh my God, business cards, that is a yeah. thing. Yeah, business yeah. cards. We used to use those things. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know where my, I thought about that this morning yeah. as well. I was like, where are my business cards? Yeah. No idea. A year yeah. and a half. And clearly, I'm not the only one with like um, COVID brain. Right. And you, like the last speaker from FedEx, she was amazing, but she yeah. was constantly like, what year is this? What month is this? Right. That's how my brain yeah. has been yeah. working for yeah. a year and a half on yeah. a constant basis. So yeah. it's good to see that we're kind of in the same club. Yeah. Right, we're all on the same level playing field, I guess. But um, let's see. Uh, tell our listeners that don't know you, can you just kind of give a quick, who's Vignesh? Yeah, of course. Thank you uh, again for, for having me. Um, I founded Research Defender three years ago. Um, and prior to that, I was working at a company called Lucid, um, which is in New Orleans. And our company is based in New Orleans as well. Uh, and despite the hurricane, <laughs> we will continue to be based in New Orleans. Um <laughs> 
I think, you know, fortunately, it looks like everything's coming back uh, to normalcy at this point. Good. Um, so our work is primarily around fraud detection, bot detection, increasing data quality. Um, we work primarily through APIs integrating into companies, but we also have a lot of research and research that we put out there, both independently and, in fact, we've done some work with you as well. Um, so our goal is to help elevate data quality in our industry. You know, I've, I've said this before, but it's really odd time um, in that I think before three years ago, yeah. like five years ago, we had Imperium. Yeah. We had True Sample. Yeah. And that was kind of it. Yeah. And they kind of merged, and that was yeah. all we had. Yeah. Now, yeah, four the, or five, four or five, just in the industry, arms, yeah, yeah just in our industry. Yeah. Right now we're stealing. We, yeah, some many companies uh-huh. work with others outside the industry. That's right. Yeah, and it's just this arms race, and there's this innovation pipeline. Yeah, yeah. which is amazing to me. I know yeah. it's probably challenging for you because sure. you have some strong yeah. competitors, right? Yeah, but you exactly. are doing amazing things. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I think actually that was the issue. I think obviously when there's no competition you know the good thing is we have a society which is obviously trying to fill holes and gaps and business needs and so on and so forth so yeah. um so happy to be part of it and um i actually would say that it's actually good for us to have more than one or two three partners in the space um because it shines a light on the issue yeah. right and it is not something that anybody should be hiding from or ashamed of or you know trying to feel that it's unique to them i think every single company in the world that does research is impacted by this so you know i actually think it's a good thing that there there's as many players as there are as compared to what it was like you said six years ago yeah and one thing i love about what you you guys are doing is you kind of have insight into the entire ecosystem yeah which i think it's that's kind of been done in the past but no one's kind of leveraged it like you are right I don't uh, think so. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I, I I would like to think so. So thank you for for saying that. Although I have to tell you that you know some of the ideas that we have primarily come from the ad tech space. Yeah. Right. Because I think many people have said rightly or wrongly that the ad tech space is X years ahead of yes. where market research is in terms of the innovation and investment in technology, and and there are technologies like these that do exist on the advertising space. Okay. Uh, and ultimately, I think some of the best ideas are the simplest. And all we're doing, like you said is trying to leverage the strength of the group. Um, so I, I do like to think we're unique, but of course, you know, uniqueness doesn't exist forever. So I'm right. sure we, we have people catching up, but our goal is to keep, you know, uh, being at the edge uh, in those things as well. So. Awesome. Um, I have one more tough question for you. Yes. You recently rebranded from Sample Chain to Research yeah. Defender. I feel like Brian and I, who's standing right here, yeah. were influencers in your decision to go to yeah. Research Defender spelled correctly yeah you have all your vowels <laughs> in place <laughs> is there a little tiny bit in the back of your yeah. mind you thought about us when you're changing your name there is no doubt <laughs> Are you serious? there is no doubt that you know we were going to have a name with all the vowels in place because i knew that i was going to get roasted <laughs> otherwise so very much so yes absolutely <laughs> thank you yeah. Um, if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Uh, best way is LinkedIn or email. Uh, first initial V, Krishnan at researchdefender.com. Awesome. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks for having me. Thank you, Big Dash. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.